All right, here we are, friends and family, friends who have become familia. Welcome to another episode of the Reformed Hooligans podcast presented to you by SSA in conjunction with the Craft Factory. I am your host, Osahan, here with the usual hooligan crew, Brian and Felipe. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yo. What's going on, gents? How are we feeling today? Good, man. Um, Diego Simeon lost. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm very happy. <laughs> yes. I there are a few that, things. But before anything, I hope they keep him, though, just for they can keep on losing. Cold world. There are a few things in this world that make Felipe happy. Diego Simeone losing is definitely one of them. I love it. <laughs> wow. Brian, how are you feeling today, my friend? Uh... What a day to be an RB Leipzig fan. That's right. RB like I feel like every time we talk, Brian, offline, and you're bringing up FM, it's RB Leipzig. I mean, that, that was is- my best FM ever in 19. Wow. That youth academy literally was churning out. You sure it wasn't the cash yeah. infusion? I mean, it helped, but, you know, when you I, – I sold, like, five players – before oh, wow. the 2021 season and got a grand total of 225 million. Whoa. Then I transformed the entire team with youth prospects. So, and I kept most of that money. I never got less than a hundred million ever. Hey, like I never listen. spent that. I never spent crazy. There's a club out there that needs to give you a phone call, Brian, and let you uh, <laughs> run the show and revitalize things. But Felipe, you brought up the name of the great Diego Simeone, which means we have to talk about the Champions League. We have seen some great Champions League matches of late. Folks, in case you are not aware of the change in format uh, for the quarterfinals on, teams will be playing just one game. No no two-leg fixtures, but one match. So it is a winner-take-all situation. Today, as we're recording, well, prior to recording, we had the pleasure of watching RB Leipzig and Atletico Madrid go at it. And let... When the match first started, I think it was probably in, through the first half of the match. Felipe's exact comments was, this match is a snooze fest. This Lord. match. And I think they heard you, Felipe. Because I feel I think it was like five minutes after you said that. Boom. Danny Olmo. Nets one. Joao Felix comes on. Boom. Penalty. Nets it. And then the moment that broke... Diego Simeone's heart and put a smile on Felipe's face. Tyler Adams comes on and nets one. Not in the 70th, not in the 80th, but in the 88th minute of the match. Guys, what are your thoughts from this match? Well, from what I saw, RB basically dominated the game. Afterwards, after the after the match, um, I saw the interview they conducted with Coque from Atletico, and he even admitted, like, yeah, RB beat us on everything. Possession, passes, shots. Like, basically every major statistic that you could look at, RB Leipzig was better than Atletico. And that shouldn't happen for a team that that spent, what, $800 million, 800 million euros in the last five years. You get me? And, hey, RB was a better team without Timo Werner. Without Timo Werner. And they beat Atletico. I'm happy. Man, I'm, I, I, was, I was having this conversation, I think, last week uh, with, uh, with you guys about what was going to happen with um, Yusef Paulson or Patrick Schick. Now, I'm not a firm believer in Patrick Schick because I saw what I saw at Roma, and I can't unsee it. But at the same time, Yusef Paulson has a particular role because he's such a – it's almost like Lukaku. I think Lukaku is the only striker in the world that might have that same physicality as Yusef Paulson. Obviously, Lukaku is a way better athlete. Look at that goal that he scored, by the way, in that game. What I don't have to say anything more than that. Beast. What a goal. But at the same time, oh, Yusef Paulson is the only other striker I could see possibly doing that in all of Europe. There's some South American guy. Like, actually, Luis Suarez in his prime probably could too. Actually, yeah. So and Palatelli. that's pretty much it. That's a different breed of guy. So 
Paulson's role as a kind of the central guy and made Athletic have to respect him. And they were putting like, and set pieces, they were putting two guys on Yusef Paulson because he's that good in, in, in header situations. And considering the size that Athletic has, you know, that was a bit of a surprise from my point of view. But otherwise, Tyler Adams is a fantastic player. I love I, my RB dream midfield for the next like couple of years would be if Sabitza sticks around, Olmo, Hadera, which I think he's from Mali. Uh, shout out to Mali, if that's the case. And him, Tyler Adams. I think those are the four midfielders at the very least, unless they want to go five in a 3-5-2, which looks like they very well could go that way. Is That's kind of what I like to see. Because those all those four guys at the very least are so complex, com, you know, different skill set, and even Conrad Lamer as well, all different skill sets, and they all excel in different categories. And I think that's why RB's formation pl- it works because everyone has a particular skill set, and they've all played in different schemes. So by the time they play with RB, they're already used to playing in different formations, having to play in different roles, filling in different places. That's where I think that's different as opposed to Athletic, where they have a bunch of central midfielders in the midfield. Yeah, I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> yep, and and honestly, oh, they were better with Carrasco. It it, it 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 will get a little better with Carrasco once he gets his way back in. But. Yeah, and honestly, and having a guy like Upamecano in the back for RB is a big plus because oh my goodness, newly resigned, he too. is so, so good. Excited. Jesus Christ, Kevin Campbell. Kevin Campbell, that yellow card was dumb, but he's a good player too. I don't feel like he gets enough um, props because Diego Deme left and he filled right in. Didn't even miss a beat with him. Yeah. Honestly, didn't even miss a beat. Wow. Uh, side note, uh, Adara is Malian. Shout out to to the nation of Mali. Um, one of my favorites on the west side of Africa overall, folks. Very Kato-like, Adara. Yeah. Very Kato-like. Uh, yeah. I, and I appreciate that. That. If a Premier League team wanted him, like uh, if I, if my opinion, I'm not saying Everton because I think that's a bit of a, too much of a role for him. But if Hedera were to go anywhere in the Premier League, I'd love to see him at Newcastle with the Longstaff brothers. I think he would actually play well with them because they're more physical and they'll do a little bit more defensive work. And Hedera can be kind of more as kind of like a pseudo ten, which I where I think he's better at, kind of like an, an advanced eight, if you will. Um, but yeah, Hedera is a is a fantastic player. I wish he kind of played a bigger role, but I think with Adams, if Adams and Lamer are going to be the guys playing next to him with Olmo up top as kind of a Havertz type of false nine, that I I kind of like that for RB actually, especially if Nkuku is going to stick around, which I don't even know if he will. I feel like he's another guy that'll go. Shout out to Tyler Adams as well, part of the future of USA soccer. Gave him a shout out too. Gave a shout out to the U American fans in the press conference. I know. I, we I, appreciate it. I asked you guys this question. Is that the most important goal an American player has ever scored in a European tournament? Yes. To this point, yes. My, and uh, I'll repeat my answer. In a European tournament, yeah. There have been, I think, bigger goals scored in domestic leagues, like in Europe. But in a European tournament, absolutely. The, well, didn't uh, Maurice Adu have a big goal for Rangers? And that was part of their cup one in 2011. I was getting to, but boy, shout out yeah. to Mo Adu. Did that thing for Rangers. Yeah. Um, the, that was the last time they won, too. Mm-hmm. Last uh, player, I think American player, to really, I think, have an impact on in the European stage wasn't an outfield Well, player. Tim Howard on the FA Cup when Everton won it, too. Yep, FA Cup. And remember, he was the starting keeper for United as well. Yep. Uh, won a couple, a couple titles with them. So, all in all, folks, RB brought joy to our hearts by breaking Simeone's. Come on now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, moving along, though. Uh, Previous matches. Yesterday, another 2-1 thriller. PSG versus Atalanta. Wow. Uh, I really thought Atalanta was going to win this match. I did. I I thought they were going to pull the upset. PSG was without uh, Mbappe for most of the match, and he came on and played, what, 30 minutes? Yes, surprisingly and he did not look like he had missed a step he came on and said i'm going to show you the definition of super sub and they pulled out a 2-1 victory uh felipe what impressed you most about about this win for psg are we sure mbappe was injured because oh lord that explosiveness he brought out <laughs> oh man 
he was making he was making fast people look slow, you know. And then um, Chupo Moiting, I think that's his name. A- am I saying it right? The other the other um, sub that came in, the one that scored the second goal. Yes, uh... Moiting, uh, 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 Moiting, Moiting, right? Chupo, Chupo Moiting. Yeah. 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 Perfect spot. He came in. He, he had a bigger impact than Mbappe, in my opinion. Everybody knows Mbappe is one, one of the top 10 players in the world. So we expect that from him, right? Mm-hmm. But but this Moateng um, kid came in and he, Icardi wasn't doing nothing the whole match. He was he was a ghost out there. This guy comes in, boom, two goals. Because he came in like in the 87th or 85th minute. He didn't even have five minutes or six minutes in the pitch when he scored, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But I didn't see that guy come in until like the 80th something minute. So I was like, wow, this guy came in and, and did his job, you know. And I was and I was happy because Neymar should have scored two goals in that first half, but he just didn't. Yeah, that Neymar had an incredible start to that game. Probably in the first like maybe fifteen minutes, all Neymar. Yep, that was a fun game. I want to say something. At Atlanta, yeah, they choked it away in the what ninetieth minute, eighty eighth minute. Very Atletico Madrid against you guys a couple of years ago in that final. Like it was very much like that. Yeah, but I want to say something. Jesus Christ, they they play with with balls of steel, man. They they went at it. They attacked. They they just didn't back down. They didn't. They play better than than Atletico. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. And they don't. And they don't have the same talent as as Atletico. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Atlanta, they're not going anywhere. Oh no, um, dude. There is some of their players are like I was like, wow, these guys are really good. Duvan Zapata. Yeah, he's 29. He's the last like three years. He's been like I think one of the top five goal scorers in Italy. Mm-hmm. But he's Jesus right up there Christ. with the Immobiles, the Bellatis. He's up there with that group of guys. Like as far as a goal scorer, he wasn't as good this year as he was the year before. I thought last year he was insane. I think he scored like 21 goals or something. But like Zapata's is extremely skilled. I think if they had Ilicic, they might have been able to pull this one out because Ilicic's size on set pieces would be a huge help for Papa Gomez. But at the same time, like, how about we get someone opposite of Gosens that can play right back um, for um, for them? Because that would be huge for Atalanta if they had, like, a right back who was as very like Gosens. And I think someone like Claude Algepong and Sassuolo, a very Atalanta attack-minded team, would be someone to plug right in there. And all of a sudden now they have that attack-minded on both sides. And they can play their defensive midfielders back a little more. So that helps their style. So we get to see more beautiful long balls. And if Papa Gomez decides to kind of play a little, if they decide to play him a little more further back too. I just think for Atalanta, they need they need to get like two or three guys in there to add along with the depth they have. And I think they're off to the races. But at the same time in the Italian league, they're kind of like the Leicester, except for the fact that Roma and AC Milan are still like very average. So Atalanta is reaping the benefits of that. Yeah. And we have to admit but, that at the end of the day. But going back to Zapata, he only played 60% of the minutes of uh, of all competitions. And he had 18 goals, 7 assists. That's 25% of goal participation, which is insane for oh, a yeah. striker. He's been, he's been really good. Yeah. And then they got the other Colombian, uh, Muriel, Muriel, I think is his name. He was a January yeah. transfer, I think, yeah. He had 18 goals as well this season, coming off the bench. Atlanta, let's not forget, they were a goal scoring machine. Yeah, just for Valencia. Yeah, they 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 were that team uh, in Italy in terms of, of putting goals in the back of the net, and I was disappointed to see them lose. However, like you said, Felipe, they showed a real heart. They didn't just crumble. Uh, Especially against a team like PSG, they they withstood PSG's early shots. Uh, Neymar blew a sh- blew uh, one in the first twenty minutes, wide open one on one opportunity, blows it, um, and he had his chances throughout the match. But to watch the way Atalanta played, I, it, it it was good football. It was necessary football to see. And I when I when I'm looking down the line at what's coming in the quarterfinals or in the semis. <laughs> We are in for, I think, a continued show and some matchups that are going to be blockbuster. Uh, moving, though, over 
into the Europa League. Um, well, actually, no. Let's do a quick preview. Uh, tomorrow's match. Barcelona Bayern. Barcelona Bayern. <laughs> Initial thoughts. <laughs> okay, can I go first? Go. Bayern's going to score five. Listen to this. Five. Not one. You sure not five? Two, it's going to be more three, than that. Not, not four. They're, they're scoring five. It's going to be ugly. Seven to two. Uh, Tottenham style. It's going to be nasty, man. If everybody knows. Every, they got lucky versus Napoli, man. That goal um, Len, Lenglet scored to, to open up the scoring should have not counted. Wow, yeah. That should have not counted. And then that third goal, it was a mistake by, by Napoli. It should have easily been a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, they were already worn yeah. out. It should have been an, an, a 1-1 game. Hmm. And Napoli, Napoli in the first, I think, 10 minutes of that match dominated Barcelona. And then that that goal that should have not counted went in and the whole tide changed. But I'm telling you, Bayern is going to destroy I'm talking like destroy Barcelona tomorrow. Yeah, I I'm going seven to two. That's the score I'm going with. It, I mean, to me, Barca is like Tottenham, like right when they played Bayern in November. They're just they're they're hanging on by a thread, but they're about to break. And that was the game that broke the straw on the cable's back. Like that That's was the when, game that uh, Daniel Levy to fire Pochettino. Yeah, right. That's the game when Poch got um, canned, right? Yep, and Setien will get fired right after. That's that's how it'll work. Good riddance, Setien. Good riddance. Oh, let him keep. I, him, no. I, would, I would be begging them to fire me right now if I were him. Stop it, Felipe. Don't be, don't be, don't be petty and bitter like that. Don't, don't be that. Guy. No, it's okay. They can hire another mediocre coach. It's all good. That I, well, listen. Well, Messi's not getting Bielsa because Bielsa's not. He's staying put. Uh, yeah. Go oh, ahead yeah, because they're gonna pay Bielsa. Yeah, go ahead and hire another mediocre. Another mediocre coach. They should, they should hire Sorry. <laughs> they gonna keep being sorry. Jeez, um, don't give them any ideas. Can you imagine? This is what I want to. I I legitimately want them to get Lautaro or Neymar and hire Sorry just just to see Messi be frustrated. That's what I want to see. That's what I need to see. Oh, that would be hilarious. If they get Neymar and Lautaro back. How many goals are they gonna score? But how many goals are they gonna allow? That's the Barcelona. thing. How is that Barcelona. Back, that back back back. At this point. Yeah, they're. they're so you think? Be, so can we talk about a Barcelona? Them. Can we talk about a Barcelona theory? So this Ronaldo to Barcelona thing is the most erroneous thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't even want to talk about it because, you know, for me personally, as a young Portuguese American. To what Barcelona fans, the way they treated Deco on the way out, and the way that Figo got a pig's head thrown at him on a corner kick while he played for Madrid in his first game back at Catalonia. So, obviously, for me, I don't feel comfortable wanting Ronaldo to play in Catalonia. Now, with that being said, Antoine Griezmann going the other way for Juventus would be just as catastrophic for Juve as anything else. Griezmann doesn't solve anything for them. Nope. They're just getting a worse player because CR7 is better. Well, I think what they're looking for is to get Griezmann at like maybe $12 million less a year than what Ronaldo's getting paid right now. Yeah. And then maybe beg Barca to take Ramsey. That's kind of their whole plan right now, probably, secretly. Yeah. Ronaldo makes seven hundred and eighty-five thousand pounds a, a week. Yeah, and Griezmann makes like four fifteen or something for Barca. So that's yeah. a good. That's a good Ronaldo. That's, that's how much Ronaldo makes a week. Yeah. So doing the quick math, that is God dog. It's about eight hundred, <laughs> eight almost nine hundred million, nine hundred thousand dollars a week. So yeah. essentially, is making let's just call it fifty million dollars a season. Yes, sir. Just from playing the game. That's that's not endorsements. That's not uh, his his uh, perfume line or any of the other the investments he has going. Well, you didn't see that Forbes list. He made like a hundred and ten million dollars in one year. Yeah, ridiculous. 
Shout out to him, yeah, though. I, I respect it. But like you said, Brian, erroneous. The notion that they would even talk. He's not going to catalog. Come on. He's not that, going to catalog. That, no, that's no. like... Uh, Seeing how close he is to Luis Figo, you think Figo is going to really give a ringing endorsement to Catalonia? Think about that. True, but anything's possible. I, we've, I've seen stranger happenings happen. You never know. But do you, are you guys buying the the possible the possible PSG rumors? Oh yeah, that one. I I I really think he goes to PSG. Juventus did want Acardi. Juventus were very interested in Mauro Acardi two seasons ago, so it's very possible that that could be negotiated. That would have to be the swap. But if I'm Juventus, I'll take that. Yeah. If I'm PSG, you definitely do that because I think Ronaldo's the missing piece of the puzzle. If Kimpembe takes that next step as a defensive center back because Thiago Silva's not getting re-signed and I'm pretty sure at Marquinhos they're going to keep him at that defensive midfield role. I'm not, I'm, I don't think they're going to put him back to center back. Oh, that's, that's, so. that's not a bad lineup defensively. To support what they have. And I mean, when you look at class, a front line, a front three, or even a yeah, front three of Mbappe, Neymar, and Ronaldo. In terms of front threes, it, would that be the best front three you guys have ever seen in your lifetime? It's pretty it'll be the It'll be the second best because I still say the Messi, Suarez, and Neymar prime one. Is the filthiest one I've ever seen. That's fair. That's that's my number fair. one as well. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Insane. Especially because we're getting Ronaldo at the on the tail end of his career. Yeah, yeah. If, if this was Ronaldo back, just say six years ago with Neymar and and Kylian Mbappe. Oh my oh, lord! Oh my! That's that's um at least a hundred and twenty goals combined into by the, by those three. Oh my. That yeah, that's 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 forty goal seasons between the three. That's yeah, sick. That is sick. So we have so it's agreed. Bayern is taking this match at least. They're scoring at least five five goals. Mm-hmm. How angry do you think Messi gets during or after this match? Um, I'm saying on a scale probably eight to ten, but I think he'll be more disappointed than upset. Like kind of like uh. Not LeBron 2010 walking out of Cleveland, but maybe like Tom Brady level where, you know, the second half of that Tennessee game where he starts throwing balls in the air because he doesn't care anymore. Yeah. That's kind of what he's going to do. Okay. Wow. How much would he be at a skill from 1 to 10, 13, 14 around there? How about Messi to PSG too? Why not? No. I, why not? No, Barcelona. Hey, you know why? Because Barcelona, Barcelona can take. You know what? Because PSG could offer Agaye, Sarabia, and Thiago Silva. And Barcelona's like, well, we need all three of those things. So it's better than losing him for nothing. And cash. But yeah, cash. he can walk away for free. I forgot about that. Oh, that's. No. They well, can walk, he can no, walk away for free. The, no, he passed the, the deadline, though. Because there was oh, a. Maybe, it, yeah. yeah, it was a deadline. I think it was June. For him to make his decision, wow. and if he decided to say I'm opting out, then he can't walk away for free. Wait. Well, I'll tell you what. Say that Barcelona had Sarabia. At, at this point, I, I don't see Messi ever leaving Barcelona. No, no. I don't either. He, but it would be funny. But then again, nobody ever thought Brady would leave the Patriots either. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So, so but that's a wild thought, though. Messi. And Ronaldo. And Ronaldo. Going with Neymar. And Mbappe. Yeah. No, but then... Uh, no, Maybe, I don't think... Uh, uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, if Mbappe, yeah. all right, if Mbappe were to get sold to Real Madrid, they could finance both moves very easily. That's true. But would you... I think that would be like a kind of a bittersweet moment for PSG. But at the same time, you don't want to sell a 22-year-old phenom to get two... Maybe the two best players ever, but I mean, at 34 years old. Yeah, that's like 30, 33 and 35. Not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> not worth no. it. But if they can make and then, it, if, I mean, okay, it'd be cool if they bring Cavani back, though. They're going to end up losing Neymar, I mean, um, Mbappe, anyways, because the, the, the writing's on the wall. It, it, right. it, even if it doesn't happen this year, it'll happen in 2022, as he right. said, because he said, 
and 2022, I see myself somewhere else. I remember re- I remember reading that article. But I and his- if PSG were to win the Champions League this year, that changes the entire argument because he would have already won it at PSG. But at the same time, I still feel like if Zidane is still rolling at Real Madrid, and you can't then there's no that. way in hell, can't resist there's that. no way in hell Mbappe's not going. Yep. So I'm saying for Real Madrid, considering what they have, why not they make a deal with Mbappe? But at the same time... Don't give them enough money where they can go buy Ronaldo and Messi. Because if that's the case, PSG could buy into just training their academy and just nurturing their academy and being ready for the moment. And they probably can do that. They're one of the teams that may not have like a big major academy, but you look at all their former players, they're all studs. Yeah. Like you look at Nkuku, you look at, uh, you know, I mean, look at Diallo, right? He went to BVB and then he went back to PSG. Yeah. Like, you have all these youngsters there that have talent. So, obviously, if you sell Mbappe, sure, okay, you get the big return, and that might actually help them FFP-wise, too. But getting Ronaldo and Messi in swaps are doable. So, I think at the same time, you can manage your depth of that roster. And then if you have to make major money sales to fill in the holes, well, I mean, you already sold Mbappe for 200 something million anyway. So, Messi and Ronaldo shouldn't cost that much at this point with COVID and everything else considered. You should probably be Ronaldo, able to both of them combined Ronaldo, about 100 times. That is $50 million right now. Yeah, and even that with COVID, I don't think that's going to even be the case, especially if Juventus are rumored to be offloading him. You know, if they want to get out of the wage, then they're going to have to take a cut rate price because nobody's going to pay him that wage. Yeah, that's true. But it's crazy, huh? The bail or James Rodriguez. Like, the, the second greatest player of all time. In actually, James going the other way to PSG would be a good idea for PSG. Just saying. Who, James? Yeah. Um. No, I. I think. No, I don't like. I don't like that. No. I, I think Hamas should just go to Everton, play with Ancelotti, because Ancelotti clearly knows how to how to use him. Yeah, but I feel like Everton would have to get rid of Sigerson in order to do that, and I feel like nobody in the Premier League is going to take that because there's no way that a foreign team is going to want Sigerson. I mean, every there were rumors last year of a German team that wanted them, but like, you know. It's just crazy. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Everton's one of those teams like I, I that we need to do like um like a whole like if you do like a whole transfer synopsis, they're just way too much of a mess. Like there are there are a lot of teams that just need like a major focus and that's just not gonna Yeah. Well But if PSG were to do that, I mean they could buy into their academy. And just buy into say, hey, we'll give these youth players a chance on the first team, kind of like what you know Arsenal have been trying to do, but except Arsenal wouldn't have the talent that this PSG team does, or like what Manchester United have successfully kind of done in a transition, which is still buy veteran players. I mean, they finished second a couple of years ago. They went to the Champions League round of eight. They are in the Europa League semifinals right now, as we'll mention shortly, um, and then. Look, I mean, even if they don't get Jaden Sancho, they still have more than enough talent where, okay, they can miss on the big transfer because they have enough talent on the rest of the team to make up for it. And because Bruno Fernandes was an absolute hit. Even though he scores all his goals as penalties and shit, but well, you're right. Well, they shouldn't be getting the penalties. But, I mean, just the ball creation, that's really the biggest thing. Like, I mean, Bruno Fernandes scored 30 goals in Portugal, but he was no way in hell going to get anywhere near doing that in, in the England. To me, he was going to be like somewhere between 10 to 12 goals a season. And his assist total will be what defines him. Or his creation in the final third is where he excels. Uh, yeah. And I think for that alone, he helped United. I mean, Mason Greenwood, to me, has been their best finisher outside of Rashford the last like year and a half or so. I mean, as good as Martial has been, but Greenwood's just been so consistent. seems like every time he gets the ball in the box, he puts it in the net. Because he got cannons, bro. Have you seen his shot? With either foot. With either foot. He's a natural lefty, but he can fire off with either foot. Yeah, Bro, I, I saw this um, stat cast that it, um, he hit a ball that went like 60 miles per hour. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's a rocket, bro. Wow. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm just like, um, you know, it, it's, it's like... He, he with Greenwood, it's like they try him on the right side. I didn't like the idea of playing him on the right side. I'm like, no, I see him as a, I like him as a center forward. 
But at the same time, I'm like, oh, he's he's kind of nimble. Okay. Like, he can kind of fit out there. But in the 4-2-3-1, I mean, it's almost like he has a bit of like a... It's like he could be like kind of a Dries Mertens kind of. Mm. Yeah. With Greenwood, and I kind of like that. And actually, that was someone I was hoping United would actually sign on a low-key selfish level because I feel like Mertens on that team would have been the piece. But um, that could have probably gotten the second. But at the same time... For United, they don't need to be spending $120 million for James Sancho. That's absolutely have, insane. There's no need for that. I have a question, Osahan, since you're the United fan here. Say they miss out on Jaden Sancho. Should should they go throw out $60 million for Upamecano? Well, he just signed a five-year deal. Yeah, but... he just resigned. Oh, what, what RB? Yeah, he just got an extension. Dea, Dea, yeah. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. Never mind, Osahan. Yeah. No, I, I like Mil- Let's ask that same question with Gabriel Melagaze. That's what I was about to say. I like the move that they're making for uh, Melagaze. They need a center back, straight up. They need one. Uh, Melagaze looks like a great option. I like his size. I like his uh, his build. And I think foot uh, in terms of foot speed, he uh, is definitely an improvement. Uh, he's definitely quicker than Maguire. And he's a natural center back. Lindelof, I've said right. this time and time again, Lindelof is not a natural center back. Um, Lindelof's actual natural position is more of a, uh, a defensive mid or um, he can even play attacking mid. So he's really a converted center back. Um, he converted, uh, was it Benfica? Benfica he was at before? Uh, it was yes. right before, yeah, right before he got to Benfica was when he converted to center the back. The same role that Weigel is playing right now for them was Lindelof's like, that Lindelof is the reason Benfica won't change that formation because he was so good there there we go but it doesn't yeah it doesn't work in the premier league for him uh so i think having someone like a Melagaze, i think would pair up well uh with mcguire or diaz and fika as well but i mean yeah but yeah i mean that's the option it adds needed depth because when you look at united at center back they have seven center backs but when we do the rundown you look at uh lindelof okay lindelof's gonna be lindelof mcguire okay he's a physical body but he he's Trash. Bricks for feet. Uh, uh, Baye, who is uh, got a glass body, basically. Uh, he Phil can't... Jones, even more glass. Phil who? Phil Jones. I don't speak that name. Uh, <laughs> Chris Smalling. <laughs> um, I mean, well, actually, trash. Smalling should come back. I think if United are going to keep him, I think he should stay. Well, you know what? Roma can Roma didn't want to pay fifteen million dollars to keep him. Right. So what does that really say exactly? Trash. What I should what Chris Smalling should do is go play for a team that is actually like I mean, here's actually you know what's the best move for Chris Smalling on a real low key level is Leicester. Leicester City wants Sion if Sionko gets sold this summer. Smalling for about you could probably get twenty million for Smalling at a lesson. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? There's going to the, the Premier League next season is going to come down to a big match, Leicester versus Man City at the end of the season. And instead of Johnny Evans committing an egregious foul for us to get a penalty, it's going to be Chris Smalling. If Sionku and Chilwell, and I'll even throw in James Madison in there, if those three guys were to get sold in the next two summers. That's $160 million possibly. That's true. So Leicester is going to be kicking around. I mean, they might be like what Newcastle was in the late 90s type of deal because Jamie Vardy and Shearer, their careers are like interesting parallels. Yeah. But at the same time, like if Tielemans sticks around and Ndidi sticks around, if they can keep those two midfielders, if Vardy can kind of stay at the level he's staying at and they can get a second striker, if Casper Schmeichel can play the level he's playing goalie wise, then they're in good shape. But if I were if I were Lester right now, I would be like poaching the crap out of Watford's roster right now. Um, I would be like, I would be like, yo, um, Ismaili Sar, we're gonna we're gonna play you where Aozi because per- I think moving Aozi Perez and keeping him on the right side, Madison playing more centrally. And then putting Sar on the left, then at Watford in the in 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 in, um, in midfield, I want Decore on Leicester too, and he's the third midfielder. 
He'll take over the drink water third midfielder position there, and that's how they're going to be able to withstand Europa League next year. Because they need to add some pieces if they're going to play Europa League. Yeah, they need depth. They need at least four or five players. Absolutely. Wolves, too. If I were Wolves, I would be literally in the same playbook. Actually, Wolves actually would be better off going after some of the championship guys. Like, I would love to see Matty Cash um, from Nottingham Forest at Wolves. I think him opposite of Johnny would be really fun. Ooh. I like that. I like that proposition. Speaking of Wolves, though, Wolves, another team, we've said it before uh, on this program, that Wolves needs depth because you running, what is it, uh, 13, 14, 15 guys deep is not going to cut it when you're playing in these competitions. And it showed in their Europa League uh, match against Sevilla. They ended up losing 1-0. Luis Acampos scored a great header in the 88th Mm -hmm. minute. But watching Wolves... I was just reminded of what we said time and time again on this program. They just look gassed. They just look lethargic. Uh, they, no leg. That, that no. miss. That missed penalty by Jimenez. Oh, that's right. Though. Yeah. That it, and that's that was a dumb follow by Diego Carlos, by the way. That was a okay. dumb what, – what was he doing exactly? Like, what was the point of that? He, it, it, it was poor, poor. Jules Quende poor. played fantastic for Sevilla, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sevilla so. did what Sevilla needed to do. But the thing I've noticed about Wolves, I'd say at least over the last 11 or 12 matches that I've watched with them, and I get it. When you look at sports, sports overall is it requires momentum, right? But in a game like soccer, you have 90 minutes to conjure up your momentum, to make some runs, to do some things. When I watch Wolves, after that Jimenez missed penalty, any hope they had of having any sort of momentum just went out the window. That team, it, it's as if they had legs, the penalty miss came, and it's like their legs said, well, guess we're not winning this match. They they looked lethargic. And what my hope is for Wolves, like you just mentioned, Brian, they need to get some pieces. Uh, they they need to get some depth, uh, I think, especially in the, the middle of the pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think up front, they're going to be fine. I think Potence, once Potence gets a full offseason, he can be a nice little number two to uh, to Raul. Yeah. He's a lot different than Raul, though. He's a little bit more of like a kind of an undersized, more of the South American style, like the short strike, like a Tevez, for example, like yeah. the short scrap here. The bulldog, the yeah. Poacher type. Yeah, the bulldog type. So, like, at the same time, for Wolves, I think what they need the most is midfield depth because Joao mm-hmm. Moutinho mm-hmm. cannot be playing 34 games a season. Mm-hmm. I love Joao Moutinho, but that dude is worn out. I mean, that it was the same thing that happened with him at Monaco a couple of years ago in that deep Champions League run. I think he had 45 games played plus wow. the Portugal's qualifying because he played every single one of those games too wow. because of injuries to Andre Gomes and, and Daniel Pereira. So he played on the international front too for many of that qualifying during the 2016 Euros. When Actually, now 2017, right after the 2016 Euros. That was a World Cup qualifying. So, yeah. I mean, Nevis didn't have a great second half of the season. I thought he looked even slouchier yep. um, than he did during the first. I thought he looked slouchier after the comeback than he did before. He looked a little better in that game against Sevilla defensively, but offensively he just doesn't look like he's there. And then Triare comes in, but like the spark isn't there. No, like uh, he's out. Like the 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 engine's running on E at this point. He needs all. Well, what I'm saying is, um, Idrissa Gueye from Paris Saint Germain is being linked to to Wolverhampton. I'd be. I think it's a great ad for them. Yeah, that's a good pickup. Yeah, that would be a healthy move for him too. If if you're McKinney would be a good move for Wolves too, actually. Oh. If you're if you're the management of Wolverhampton, will you sell Raul or um, what's his I name? I hold on to everybody. I hold on I to hold everybody on. and bring someone. Listen, they have they have money to move. I mean, even if you get guys from the championship right now, ideally they missed out on Jared Bowen. West Ham were willing to pay eighteen million dollars for Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen's worth it, but for for them that wasn't. Especially a Nuno system, it's not. It wasn't going to work for Bowen. Mm-hmm. But guys like Maddie Cash, for example, right? I mean, look at Brentford. Brentford's an attack-minded team in the Championship. There's like three or four guys. How about Ali Watkins to back up Raul Jimenez? Now this might be a big jump for Ali, but if Southampton want him to be the number two to Danny Ings, 
then why? what's wrong with him being the number two to Raul Jimenez? And then you have Daniel Podence. He can kind of be the number two striker next to Diego. Now you have four legit attackers that are all very versatile in their own way, never mind Traore, where if you're going to sell anybody, Traore might be the guy to move because Traore's value is just so immense. That's the only guy I'll trade. Yeah. I mean, sell, sorry. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> guy to sell, I, it potentially that I would say sell. Uh, I mean, I would look for a number two goalie as well. Number two goalie's got to be important for Wolves as well. But I like Pedro Neto too. Yeah. Well, when I looking at that lineup, when I look at their team, the place where they are most depleted is in the middle of the pitch. They have what I'm looking at here at, that that I would regard maybe five dependable midfielders, natural midfielders, not players that you convert and move up or move down in terms of the, the pitch. No, I mean like legit midfielders, four or five. So you, you, especially running a, they, they like to run either a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2 formation. You need some players in the middle of the pitch who can uh, hold their own, who can hold keep possession, um, who can distribute well. Jimenez is a great number nine, a great natural number nine. But without without players to get you the ball and uh, put the ball at your feet, forget about it. Forget about it. So, Wolves, get your guy Jimenez some help in the middle of the pitch, please. I mean, look at Sevilla's bench, for example, right? Sevilla were able to put in Franco Vasquez and Luke De Jong into the game in the second half. Both of those guys are pretty nice, right? especially Luke De Jong. That's an established striker that they brought on in the late in that game. And once De Jong came in there, the set pieces that Wolves have done so well all season, and that's what's been keeping them alive, especially with some of the set piece goals that they've been able to set up for themselves. Yeah. And in this game, Sevilla, literally, I mean, we'll talk we'll talk about Jules Quende for a second. Ooh. There was like one shot that he had right off the back foot from Ocampos early on in the first half. And Suso actually played really well too. And then, obviously, Benega does his thing, too. Benega and Parejo are very underrated yeah. midfielders yeah. In, in La Liga for a long time. And Jesus Navas and Regalón. I mean, obviously, look, that back four for Sevilla is very good. That's a very good back four. Yeah. All four but, of those guys are going to be, like, have been big transfers or will be big transfers. Yeah. So. Well, 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 well. Let's see. We have covered. I think we've covered. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the Man United Copenhagen match. 1 0. No need to talk about that. Inter Milan, nope. Leverkusen, uh, 2 1 to Inter Milan. That was the match. Should, they should have scored more than. Oh, we need to talk about. We need to talk about that goal from uh, Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku. Lukaku. That was a grown man goal. That, that, that is a. That was Balotelli to Aguero pass, like in 2012, winning the, winning the Premier League. Like, oh, type of, yeah. Yeah. move too yeah. that was amazing and let me tell you what for Leverkusen I hope they keep Demerbay at the number 10 and I want more Musa Diaby hey. I'll sign up for that hey. I'm buying Diaby stock right now and Palacios again mm-hmm. Palacios played well in that game too I, I like Leverkusen I think they're I think they're pushing for a Havertz deal more than they're leading off oh absolutely I think we but if Havertz stays next year He's going to play the number nine because they're they have enough talent in that four two three one where Havertz can be a, yes yep like I like Leverkusen's roster and keep in mind Leon Bailey came off the bench Wendell came off the bench mm. Bellarabi I, I Bellarabi was a beast at Hoffenheim two years ago and he came off the bench it's not better than Inter's bench they used all five of their subs Leverkusen. And Florian Wirtz, who I think is the youngest Bundesliga player ever to score a goal, I think, at 17. Yes, he scored uh, against Bayern. And I like uh, Hardrecki. Hardecki played a good game. He kept uh, Leverkusen in that game. It could have been a lot more than two goals. Oh, when watching that match, it easily, easily could have been five. Yeah. Inter could have put up five easily. So, shout out to Lukaku, grown man goal. With that being said, gents... Time for what I think is becoming a lovely pastime on this program. Transfer news. The rumor mill. What it, What is the the transfer rumor that has you guys most intrigued? I'll start with you, Felipe. Madrid wants Varane out of there. I don't know why. That's what I'm reading all over the place. Like from Spaniard newspapers. 
I seen like three or four different articles saying that they just they're tired of them for some weird reason. I don't know if it's attitude wise or I don't know, but I thought he had an incredible, incredible 2019-2020 season. So I'm really not sure why, but I'm seeing that a lot. Veron probably getting sold this summer. Sounds like it sounds like a a visceral reactionary response to the goal he gave up against Man City, which is unfair. No, because I read these reports before that. Oh, thing. really? Oh, yeah. in that case, Remember I don't know I what you're thinking. That um, Chelsea was um, talking about it. Hmm. Hmm. Then why didn't they make a bigger play at Delict last summer? That's what I. Sure. That's what I don't understand. Like, well, they got they got uh, Militao. Yeah, Militao's good. They, they have they have Eder Militao, so I'm guessing that's why he's only 21 years old. So yeah, but ideally you want someone to pair with him, and Sergey Ramos isn't getting any younger. But do they yeah. want like another defender to play on the ball? Like, do they want like I mean I know Varane's more like a central defender in the old school sense, but like do they want like another defender that can kind of play with the ball? Is that what it is? Like I don't I don't know what that means exactly. Because if that's the I'm case. Not- then I'm, I don't know, maybe Militao. I don't want Militao and Ramos in the Champions League next year for Madrid. That's 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 a worse center-back combo than what they have with Varane. Varane's much better than both players. Yep. So. That, that I do agree with. I mean, Man City, if Man City were to go out and get Varane, though, then why the hell go pay $40 million for Aki? No comment. Like, you don't play three in the back. Like, if you play three in the back, okay, Aki, Aki, Varane, and Laporte, okay. Okay, Pat, I'm not hating, but that's not what he's going to do. So I don't get it. And, um, what I'm reading is that they have this um, young kid named Adrian De La Fuente. He's, I think he's 19 years old, and he's Spaniard, and he's from the academy. So I'm uh, thinking they're trying to bring him up. And they also have Jesus Vallejo and Nacho Fernandez. Hmm. So, so those are, you know how you know how Spaniard teams are. They'll try to right. play their team. Yeah, you know how they are. Yeah, and but here's the thing though, that means that Real Madrid's gonna go out and sign somebody else, so who are they gonna sign? Like that's that's all that means. Yeah. Like we know this. Like who 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 the center back market doesn't look that hot right now. Like Milligase, who we mentioned earlier, Kulabali, okay. I mean if Kulabali were to go to Madrid, okay, he's twenty nine. So basically two years you're gonna be right back where you started. But then again, Madrid may seem like okay, we might make another run. They might be like, okay, this team overachieved. If we can get Aiden Hazard healthy, we're ready for another run. Even though Hazard's Champions League results in the past haven't really been too, too impressive. But at the same time, like, that's the hope you got to have. Yeah. Mm. Well, they're not getting as, yeah. Like, their best players are old for Madrid. You know, Benzema is, what, 33. Right. Bale, 30. Hazard, mm. Even Hazard, he's 28. Yeah. Modric, those, all those guys are old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yeah, and at the same time, well, I mean, I'm actually looking at some deals that were completed. Obviously, the Smikas deal from uh, Smikas, yeah. the, the, the Greek uh, fullback from Olympiacos to Liverpool. Now, keep in mind something I mentioned before the show: Kyle Walker Peters was sold to Southampton for twelve million dollars, right? Twelve million, uh, twelve million euros, actually. Smikas went for eleven point seven million oh, to Liverpool. Man. And Liverpool ended up with a better player than Southampton. Mm. And keep in mind, Smickass played five years with Olympiacos. Olympiacos was in the Europa League all, or Champions League in all five seasons. That tells me this kid's been playing in European football. Kyle Walker Peters was sent on loan from Tottenham. That this is not this is this is the facts, folks. Come on. But at the same time, Southampton. Speaking of Southampton, they did make a nice move. Uh, Mohamed Saliso. From Real Valladolid, or Real, Real Valladolid, uh, for $10 million. Now, keep in mind, Vestergaard is a player at Southampton's roster that has been in limbo. So, if Vestergaard leaves Southampton, Saliso is a very nice little replacement for him. Yeah. Jonathan David to Lille, which means that Lille, probably the Assomenier sale to let Napoli is probably done. So, that's why the Jonathan David deal is official. Um... I'm expected to see Lille probably buy another two or three players, though. Because the Pepe money never got spent. so It never did. It never did. 
as of and their academy is always good. As of right now, what is the transfer that you guys want to see go through? That's rumor. That's rumor. That's rumor. That's rumor. Oh man. I will actually like to see. Ah, let me think. Let me. Think. You know what? I'll I'll love to see Ronaldo with PSG. I, I I'll just love it. I'll I'll love to see Ronaldo with, playing with Neymar and and Kylian Mbappe. I'll love seeing that. I know you said that it'll tarnish his reputation, but I don't think so. Nah, nah. LeBron LeBron made the move. He left Cleveland twice. And he's fine. It's it, it's the sports these days. It's not even the same anymore. People are used to it. Yeah. But can we, can we crap on Valencia for a moment? Why the hell are you selling Coquelin and Parejo for a combined like ten million dollars, ten million euros? What the hell is Valencia doing? And then that, now Jose Gaia is rumored to go to Leicester if they sell Ben Chilwell. So now Ben Chilwell might actually go to Chelsea because now Jose Gaia is going to be bought for like forty cents on the dollar. So this is going to be ridiculous. Like Valencia are about to implode. Well, Valencia, what? Aren't they they kind of... look very good next year, by the way. Now that they aren't, they kind of sell aren't they trying to sell Ferran Torres to Man City as well? That deal is finishing up. I guess it's like personal terms. Actually, no, the Torres deal's done. I think it's right. just they got to agree on the fee. Or something like, or like that. what, forty-four million euro, right, or something like that? Yeah, it's gonna. It probably there's gonna be add-ons too. Yeah. So. And then never mind the fact that Fran Beltran also in Valencia. That's another guy that could probably be on the way out somewhere else too. He's way too good. Um, I mean, Granero. I mean, the, the whole team's gonna be gone for Valencia. But at the same well, time, a lot of those guys did they not. Underachieve. They did underachieve as a team. Too much talent to underachieve, man. As I said, like Jasper Sillison and Net, that was not very inspiring to me. Gabriel Paulista didn't really. Uh, and Mangala, like, uh, they, like, they have a lot of decent players, but they just don't fit. Like, I mean, Gonzalo Geddish, I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes in for him. Um, I mean, Maxi Gomez came over from Vigo, and they beat out quite a few teams. Where was he this season? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, Maxi Gomez played, I mean, he scored nine goals in 33 games, but I felt like he wasn't really much of a presence. And happy birthday to Maxi Gomez, by the way. So. Well, it's today. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. August 14th. Yes. Happy birthday, man. Oh. But, yeah, yeah. Victor Osemenye but, but going from Lille to Napoli is going to cause a ripple effect in the French League because Monaco keeping Sidibe and not even – they're not even selling Sidibe, Monaco. So they're keeping Sidibe. They're bringing back a couple of guys. I wouldn't be surprised if Monaco tried to get a couple of big players on a loan. And then this French race looks really interesting next year, especially for second because if Lille can – if Lille gets David and they can keep a couple – and they can get a couple other players, Lille will make some noise. Marseille and Bordeaux are going to be drowned in their mediocrity. And then we'll see what happens with Rennes because Camavinga and company, right? They're in the Champions League next year. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens with them. So that's going to be a fun little – I mean, the French, the French League is a farmer's league, as, as Felipe would say. But at the same time, like, I kind of like what I see from some of those teams on the top. Like, there are some good talent. They like, Nice isn't bad with Patrick Vieira. Leon, Leon will bounce back, I'm sure. Monaco was ninth last year, but they didn't look too bad down the stretch. They did finish with two wins. Bordeaux and Marseille are just mediocre. There's not really much to say, even though Marseille finished second. But like Marseille bro, bro. Like a very unimpressive second place team. <laughs> Baron Torres signed with um, got sold for 23 million euro. Oh, that's ridiculously poor. His market, wow. his market value was 45 million euro. He got sold for 23 million euro. Oh, boy. Oh, God. So what is that going to mean for guys like, uh, speaking of Marseille, uh, how about Florian Falvin, for example? That's a guy that's been rumored to some Italian teams. So what's that going to make for his market now? Because Ferrantora is going for that price. I mean, he can't go for that much. That's so, ridiculous. I know. And never mind the fact that, like, Leon, I wonder what's going to happen with Leon with our 
and what's going to happen. A lot of these young players now that could have been moved probably not mm-hmm. going anywhere this summer. Yep. Like Sancho? I don't think Sancho leaves Dortmund. He's I think not, he's going to end up staying. He's not leaving. I think Dortmund, especially when people brought up the issue of, oh, Dortmund did this with Dembele, I think now more than ever their sporting director's like, yeah, no, I, I'm going to dig my... This is, more, I think, more an issue of pride than it is actual like practicality now of course they have no reason to sell him but at this point i think when you hear people bring up the dembele comparison yeah i think you dig your heels in i mean i would rather have dembele on loan and try to get like a buy-in for like 50 million or something try to really screw uh barza and i know felipe is always down for screwing barza yes sir anybody know who is victor osimlin yeah yeah, Center Napoli. Yeah. Napoli wanted him last summer. Yep, and Leo wouldn't. And Leo wouldn't do it. It wouldn't do it. Well, I see right here that he just got sold to Napoli for seventy million. Oh yeah, yeah, that deal just got official, and that's why the Jonathan David deal was announced today. Right. So yeah. Jonathan David for twenty eight and a half million euros, and he came over from the Belgian league, probably the best player in that league. The Athletic did a whole piece on top players in Belgium uh, on Tifo. Uh, check that out. And they did mention Jonathan David. And David is one of those guys that um, they do. It, it's kind of weird. They see him as a very interesting number nine. But he's he could be better in a two-striker attack. But at the same time, I do think David does enough creativity-wise where he's going to be really good for them. I don't think they're going to miss a beat with him. Every year, it seems like they score goals. It doesn't matter how many players leave. Yeah. I can't believe Arthur got sold for 72 million euro. That's ridiculous. No comment. Yeah. And then Semenier is a good player too for mm-hmm. Napoli. So he'll be good. If they can keep, I mean, with Mertens and if they can keep that midfield there. And I like to keep Fabian and Allen there. If Fabian and Allen stay there, they're going to be fine. Even if Kolobali goes. Man, how, how is Man City affording all these players? Nathan Knight, Aki, 45 million euro. Ferran Torres, might, 20... I mean, Sane went. That pretty much offsets with Sane's fee. Well, Sane got 45. They got 45 for Sane. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, like, I mean, I pretty much offsets it. I don't know. I mean, they could be Man, – Man City probably should try to move John Stones this summer. If anybody on that roster, that's the guy they got to move. So, uh, you remember that guy, um, that Kubo dude that, that played for um, – Real. Who was it? Who yeah, now he's, he's going. Now he's going to Villarreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he's still Madrid's property, but yeah, he's going to Villarreal. Villarreal is going to be nice next year. Yeah, he's going to Villarreal for two for two point five million. They're giving Madrid two point five million for the loan. Jesus, I mean, yeah, Villarreal. I mean, keep in mind they did lose Santi Cazorla, and that's kind of depressing because he's been really good since he came back the second time for them, but. Villarreal did make some moves. Um, Enes Yunal, the Turk, uh, the Turkish winger, it did get sold to Getafe. Um, so that's kind of a move. But adding Vallejo, adding Danny Parejo and Copeline is just, with Kubo, is insane. Because now that midfield three with Unai Emery is now, and Unai Emery is the coach at Villarreal, mind you. Yep. And Pakalaka Sayer is there. Mm. Uh Chuck Weezy is there. They got some nice. They got a nice team there. Carlos Baca, Raul Abial. Uh, I think he played in Madrid for a while. Alberto Moreno, who was at um, uh, Liverpool. Um, I mean, Tregueros is not bad in his own right. Uh, Unaveros, Sergio Asenio in net. They're they got a they got a decent squad there, and I think adding Coquelin and Parejo and Kubo. That's that's a nice team, and never mind the fact they didn't pay, they didn't pay an insane fee for Alcacer. I think twenty five million is fair, but keep in mind also they sold Pablo Fornals last year for thirty million to go to West Ham. Yeah, so they're doing they're doing fine. You know, I give Villarreal some credit. So. No hate, no hate. Well, folks, transfers abound. We have tournament football still to play. Um, semis of Europa. UEFA uh, UA Champions League. We didn't. We didn't even talk about the City versus Leon game. Nope. No, nope, we don't need to talk about. No that. need to do that. However, there is still much action to happen in this summer, even though we're trailing off in the fall. So stay tuned, folks. That concludes another episode of the Reformed Hooligans Podcast. I am your host, folks. We appreciate you. We appreciate the listens. Feel free to share this with all those you know, 
especially those fiery soccer fans who are highly opinionated okay especially people who believe that Messi is the goat and CR7 is not especially with people who feel that Real Madrid is a small club with that being said <laughs> I'm your host Osan with the usuals with the usual hooligan Brian Felipe signing off <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. What a great evening.